back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. Well, you know, I got to talk to my man Derek behind the glass, our producer. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? I think it means you should have gone to Geico about 15 minutes ago, Ronnie. Rightfully so. And let me tell you something else because I've seen your computer. If your computer is running as slow as Goose runs, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. In minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk that may be slowing down your computer, Derek. MyCleanPC.com. Thank you, Ron. Our first guest, Steve Hatchell, has spent a lifetime in college sports. He served as executive director of the Orange Bowl, commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, and now the president and CEO of the National Football Federation and College Football Hall of Fame. The College Hall released its ballot for its class of 27 this month, and we've asked Steve on to discuss the process and some of the candidates. So Steve Hatchell, welcome to the show, and here's your fight song. I'm standing up, guys. I'm standing up. (laughs) Morton Anderson sang the Spartan fight song. Oh, That's pretty geez. good. Is that the Colgate <laughs> fight song? Or what is that? What is that? What's <laughs> hey, Hatch, first off, let's talk about how difficult it is to get into the college hall. The key qualification is you must have been a first-team All-America to be considered. That knocks Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Joe Namath off the list. That one qualification provides an annual pool of about 1,500 candidates, yet only 75 make the final ballot. So just how do you go about eliminating more than 1,400 first-team All-Americans from your ballot every year? Well, it's really tough, and you're nice to point that out. Um, initially, we wait for the schools to nominate guys because we're not, we just don't reach in and pick out guys because we, we thought that they were a good player. We wait for, we wait for the school to say, look, you've got to take a look at this guy. And then it goes through district screening. There's nine districts around the country. And... Um, out of the, I won't say there's 1,500, but I would say that there's probably a good 700 that go to district screening. And from that, each one is assigned certain numbers. And so out of the uh, nine regions of the country, they'll come back with a whole group of about 75 or 76 guys that will be up for consideration for that year. And uh, the reason we do the the district screening is that that's the group that knows the guys. That's the group that knows what they're doing now. That's a group that knows what they were like when they were in school. And the whole idea is to make the Hall of Fame as good as we can for getting people in. So that's how we get down to 75. And then uh, it goes to an honors court. Uh, It's made up of 18 to 20 people that are media, coaches, guys who played, All-Americans, etc. Each person will be considered. Each person gets careful uh, consideration, and um, it's pretty hard. We only take 12 to 15 guys a year, and as we like to point out, if you only if we took 50 guys every year, 50, 5-0, for the next 10 years, that would be 500. We still would have 1,500 that are eligible, and that's just a group that goes back the last 50 years. If you go 50 years and beyond, there's another 1,500. So <laughs> it's a lot of guys for us to take a look at and a lot of guys for us to honor. Now I understand why I'm not in there. Got to be a first-team All-American. I was, had I known that all these years of fretting, I wouldn't be. <laughs> I got to say, Atch, uh, of the fe- 75 finalists, as you pointed out, you, st- you select 12 or 14, and we talk about our backlog in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It sounds like yours is just so vast 
that you could almost replace the guys that are in and out with a whole new set of guys, and, and they'd all be deserving as well. Just in your opinion, how many sort of legitimate guys do you think are out there that belong and have earned the right to be in the oh, College Football Hall of Fame? I would say an awful lot. You know, that's why we wait for the school to say, look, this is our guy. And keep in mind of the 75 or 76, there'll be two or three from some schools. But the schools will call and say, this is our guy. Um, this is the guy we really want. And it takes a while. He'll get advanced on, et cetera, et cetera, and it doesn't just happen. And we have to look at uh, geography. We have to look at positions. We look at race. And we look at geography. I mean, it, it is a big part of what we do to say we're here for everybody in college football. And uh, and I think that we work at it pretty hard, frankly. Another qualification is a player must be 10 years removed from his final game and cannot be active in the NFL. Now, that means Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis are now on the ballot for the first time. Do first-time candidates jump to the top of the, top of the queue, as they so often do in the Pro Football Hall of Fame process? They do not. And keep in mind, in the case of, let's just use Miami, for instance, they have so many candidates uh, that uh, they will tell you that Ray Lewis will get in. But here's who we have for right now. Um, so this gets to be a little bit of a, a wait-and-see type of thing. Uh, they do get moved up, and there are uh, some, you know, you take a Peyton Manning, I mean, talk about a huge story. And uh, he's been out of college football for a long time. He's been uh, now out of pro football, retired. So I think that he would move up very quickly. But it doesn't automatically go that way. Uh, we tend to take a long time to get guys into the Hall of Fame. And people would say, well, if you win the Heisman, how come you're not in the Hall of Fame? Well, it takes a long time. There are Heisman guys that win every year. And, um, you know, we just it just takes a while. So the percent of guys that get into the Hall of Fame is, is less than .0002 out of the 5.1 that have played the game since 1869. And we want to make sure we get it right. We want to make sure that they're great players and that they're good people. And that gets to be a very important criteria for us. Now, say you have a school that has an All-America uh, say offensive tackle and quarterback and linebacker that they want in there. How do you determine which of those three players gets on your ballot? And have you ever had a time where your voters wanted player X and the school was pushing player Y? Not really. That's why we asked the school. These are the guys that are on the ballot. Who's your guy? Who do you like here? And, uh, and we try to stay to that. Um, the school's input is very important to us. And it does get to be very tough. I mean, there are times when we've had two or three people from certain schools that um, all deserve to be in. Keep in mind, the 75 or 76 all deserve to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. So we're not, we're not just picking, you know, between good guys and bad guys. We're picking among a lot of really talented, wonderful people who contributed to the game. It's just that if we're only going to take 12 to maybe 15 in a year, it's just hard to put it together. And the other thing that we do is that you got to be a first-team All-American, but it would be very easy to have an entire class made up of quarterbacks. And uh, what we try to do is that we'll look at a place like Northwestern and say, look, they've got a great linebacker and they've got um, a great offensive tackle and got a great running back. Uh, who's their guy? And uh, so each year gets to be a little bit different because you'd say, well, look, Northwestern hasn't had anybody in the Hall of Fame for a long time. And they've got a guy who is um, really terrific. He was a great offensive lineman. He was all Big 12, et cetera. And uh, we'll, we'll tend to look at that with, with a lot more scrutiny and with a lot more coverage than we would some other people. How do you keep politics out of the process? 
Well, we don't allow any politicking. So people don't know who the honors court is. Um, We try to keep that very quiet. So if someone has extra information to send in on a guy, we ask him to send it into our office. We then get it to the honors court. We'll get it dispersed to everybody on the honors court. So we try to cut out as much as we can the politicking that goes on because it gets to be pretty ugly. If you don't manage it, it can be really, really ugly. And uh, it can have some strange bedfellows if you're not really careful. So we, we do all that we can to kind of shut down that that whole perception that you can politic because everybody that's on that 75 or 76 is eligible to go in and we want to keep it that way. That's we're run out of time, but we'd like to thank you for stopping by and wish you the best of luck in picking the class of 27 thing. And one thing we know for certain, it's impossible to pick a bad class when your entire ballot is first team all Americans. Steve Hatchell, yep, thanks for right. stopping by. Thanks. Thank you guys. Nice to talk with you. Thank you. You're listening to the talk of fame network. So what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. 